All right, episode number 70 of this Ocean Life podcast. Coming your way, I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Today's episode, we speak with Ryan Croteau, a former professional surfer and world traveler turned surf guide and instructor. Ryan takes us through his early surfing days in Florida, competing in local contests, and making a move with his family out to Southern California in his teens to pursue his professional surfing career. Ryan takes us through his time and stories from surfing in Sweden and other Scandinavian countries, as well as an epic road trip from the UK down into Portugal. Ryan shares a great story of finding his passion for teaching others how to surf and how he started his company, California Surf Experience, where he takes groups of new and experienced surfers on guided trips in his home waters of Southern California, Guatemala, and more. We also talk jujitsu, use surfboards, and general stoke for doing what we all love in the ocean. So thanks for being here and supporting the podcast. Remember, cut back on our use of plastics. Let's keep them out of the water and out of the stomachs of the fish and whales and all the other great critters out there that we love. Thanks for being here once again. Let's get into the ocean life of Ryan Croteau. Hey, Ryan. Welcome to this Ocean Life podcast, man. Good morning, Josh. Thanks for having me. Stoked yeah, to be here. Yeah, uh, stoked to have a chat. You know, I appreciate you reaching out. And after digging into, you know, kind of my social media stalking and background work, and you sent me some stuff, uh, a lot of rad things you've been doing for a long time around the world of surf and continuing to do so, man. So looking forward to hearing about all of it today. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I actually, uh, I was teaching a surf lesson to a friend of mine and he was the one who told me about your podcast and got me all amped on it. And he's like, dude, this is a perfect fit for you. You you should reach out to Josh. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> he kind of <laughs> inspired me to do it. And he, he's a, he's a huge listener. His name's Joe. And, cool. um, yeah, he's got me hooked on it too. I'm going to start listening. <laughs> well, cool, man. You'll be a guest and a and a listener too. And hey, thanks, Joe, for uh, for hyping me up and everything. So, um, so Ryan, to, to kind of start in, you know, today, um, you know, you have this pretty cool business. You're doing a bunch of different things, very entrepreneurial in spirit. And we're going to kind of dance around and talk about a bunch of those things. But the big one to kind of start with is your California surf experience, you know, uh, where you do a lot of different aspects of bringing people into the waves and coaching, et cetera. Looks really cool, man. So, so just give us a high high level. What is California Surf Experience, and what are you doing kind of day to day with that? So, California Surf Experience is my everyday job. Um, basically, working seven days a week at that. Um, what I do is I teach people how to surf. I share the love of surfing. I've always heard people say, "Do what you love," and um, that's exactly what I love to do: is surf and and share the stoke. So I do private surf lessons in Laguna Beach, and then I also do private surf guiding through Southern California where, you know, if someone's from like Europe or something, they're kind of like intimidated to come surf over here because it's crowded. There's so many spots that you can surf within just like 50 miles. So someone will reach out to me and I'll kind of take them around surfing. And I also have like a little uh, surf house accommodation where they can stay for a week if they want, two weeks, whatever. And that's kind of the the gist of it. That's cool. So you really are giving like the California surf experience. You know, you you, you set them up with a place to go surf. You take them there. You show them, you know, depending on the swell and the wind and tide conditions, a good place to get in the water. And then you, you put them up and give them a place to crash and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a huge part of it. A lot of it is, yeah. is just like what a lot of people do, you know, for – for surf school stuff is just like surf lessons yep. that that's kind of a huge part of it but 
that uh, surf experience part where some you have the option to stay for a week and surf with a local and eat the best local mm. food and just kind of just kind of feel like you're a local, not a tourist is yep. is kind of a an, a little um, niche that uh, that I think is super cool and that I love to do. Oh, I think it's yeah, man. I mean, I think of times when I've traveled and you can show up somewhere new and you can do a lot of research on it, like online, you go to Surfline, you look at all the spots and breaks and you think you see what the swell's doing, but you have zero local knowledge. And so you spend up, you, you, you like pay all this money to go somewhere and then you're kind of flailing around trying to find waves. And I think what you're, you, you put together is cool. So where'd the idea come from to kind of provide, you know, the, this guided aspect of the business? So yeah, the guiding, uh, the aspect came from actually while I was on a trip in Denmark of all places. Um, my wife is from Denmark and I, I ended up getting through the past like five years we were, we've been dating. Well, since I've known her for five years, we did two and a half years long distance from California to Denmark. So I kind of got sucked into spending a little too much time in Denmark than I wanted to. And uh, there was one point where I was there for three months in the middle of winter and I was, it was freezing cold gray. I barely saw the sunlight and I was losing my mind. So I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to try to surf here. And so I, I figured it out. I found a weird little Facebook group uh, based out of Copenhagen and it was called like Copenhagen surf ride share, kind of like a carpool group. Oh, cool. and someone told me about it, so I just like wrote a message in there, and in English. And I was like, "Hey, if anyone wants to surf, I'm willing to pay gas money and give and give it a shot." And then I, it kind of led me into this weird little surf community of surfing in the Baltic Sea and the North Sea. And a lot of people were were talking about California and how they would love to go there, but they felt intimidated and scared. They they didn't want to deal with the crowds. And I was like. Someone actually told me, I, I wish I could just go and surf with you and you could show me. And I was like, well, that's kind of a really good idea. <laughs> huh. And that's what kind of sparked it, actually, because the, the level com- of surfers in California compared to the level of yeah. surfers in Denmark, for example, which is like a country smaller than Los Angeles population yep. wise, um, it's so low. The, the level's so low over there. So they're like, they're just like, going down the line you know and having fun as where you paddle out at like huntington pier for example there's like 20 pros in the water (laughs) right (laughs) it's uh so they people are definitely looking for something like that at that level yeah you know it brings up a good point and you we living in california surfing take it for granted you know i mean it's like there's such a vibe there's such a certain sort of way people operate surfing in, in the water california Maybe up north, north, north California is a little different because it's way more sparse. But from where I am, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, down to where you are in Southern Cal, everybody's kind of in the same boat of just kind of jockeying. There's a little bit of vibe. And if you're from somewhere else, like you said, Denmark, where there's probably very little of that because there's very few people surfing. So they come out here and they're like, whoa, this is gnarly. This is heavy. There's people, they're looking at me and I don't know where to go. And there's a hundred people in the water, you know? And so being able to have somebody like you, a local who's like, Hey, here's where we should go. And here's why, uh, it just, it seems like such a value add. Yeah, exactly. Ryan. Then, so what's like, do you have a certain set of countries uh, that you get business from? Like, 
Japan or is it Europe? Like, do you see a kind of a consistent sort of, uh, I don't know, countries that come out that really kind of gravitate towards what you're providing? Um, yeah, Europeans mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely the random person from like, you know, Texas that, that flies to California and surfs bi-yearly or something like that. Yep. But mostly I would say Europeans and, and I think me spending a lot of time in Northern Europe, uh, Scandinavia, and meeting people up there, the word is kind of spread a good bit. So, oh, that's um, great. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, because I bet that's a big part of your marketing, your service, not to like within your local area. It's which is cool, you can, but it's like you're trying to like market yourself internationally. You know, which is kind of a different different level there. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, yeah internationally is definitely my my mindset because yeah i want to be i'd like to be known as like one of the best surf instructor coaches in the world mm-hmm. based versus like the best surf coach and surf guide in southern california you know yeah 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 cool man and then kind of tied to this the guiding aspect is what you're calling excursions, right? Where you're, you're basically taking people, setting them up and going surfing with them somewhere else, you know, like Guatemala, et cetera. So talk about that aspect as well. I mean, that just sounds cool where you get a group of people, you plan them on a beach or you start surfing and then you go somewhere tropical and new and exotic. Yeah, exactly. So I've, uh, kind of traveled a good bit all over the world and made lots of connections and, over the past couple of years of teaching surfing and Laguna and meeting people, I've had numerous times where someone's like wrote me a message and they're like, Hey, I'm in Costa Rica. I'm taking surf lessons and I'm just not learning at the same pace I was with you or blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't feel as good. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I stay in close contact with a lot of my clients. So I'll give them tips over the phone, call them, whatever, help them progress. And then that kind of, launched the idea in my brain as this excursion like i need to i need to create a trip where these these people can come with me and learn from me but i'm using a a friend or a connection that i've made that has like a really cool hotel with doing yoga kind of like a full-on surf retreat but with my coaching and that's that's the excursion yeah that's cool and you got one coming up pretty soon here just a few weeks right down is in yeah. guatemala yeah, it's in Guatemala. Um, Guatemala is kind of a place that I kind of lucked into maybe five years ago. Not many people go there to surf, um, and people are worried, oh, it's dangerous. You know, I, I haven't heard really good things about it, but I, I can't express enough good things about that country. I've never seen a single problem there. Hmm. Um, I met these guys down there. Their names are Ito and Walid. You can check them out. They uh, they have an Instagram page called Surfing Guatemala, and you can see a couple shots of the waves and what they're doing down there. And they're basically doing what I'm doing here, but but down there, you know, they have except they actually have a full on surf lodge hotel on the beach, and they're they're the ultimate connection for me and my excursions because the waves are so fun. Yeah, Lo- localism isn't even a thing yet. Um, right in front of their hotel is a perfect beach break. You can walk five minutes to the north and surf a peak by yourself or you can just go straight out and surf with five other people 10 people yeah Yeah. it's so perfect so it's great for all levels so i can take people down there and if someone's a beginner and they want to start in the white water for a couple days that's fine we could do that or if they want to paddle out the back and get get a full-blown like 
peak and get barreled, then yeah. they can do that too. So it's it's kind of perfect. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. So then how did you find this place initially? Like Guatemala, it's not really like on the radar of surf destinations. How'd you find that? Uh, yeah, that's a funny story. I was, um, I sp- spent a winter on the North shore of Oahu. Um, I can't remember what year I was probably 19 years old. And, uh, where I was, I was hanging at my friend's house and there was this lady there who was a surf photographer and she was, she was over there for the whole winter too taking photos and she I, she was showing me some pictures she said she was from guatemala and i was like oh really how are the waves are there and she's like it's good and i looked at it on a map and i was like okay it does face a good direction for almost north swells and south swells and she was show, showing me some pictures of it and i was like whoa that's guatemala and she was like yeah and it kind of it kind of convinced me and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna come down and check it out and so I came down there and, and she was kind of busy, but she put me in touch with her friends. And uh, that's how I met these guys, Ito and Waleed. And we had like, the, it was one of the best trips in my life. We oh, just, wow. two random guys that just wanted to show me like everything, the whole country, surfing. And they even like, they had a friend who had a, who uh, had a house. I don't know. I think his, his parents are part of like Pepsi Guatemala or something like that. And they brought oh, me to man. his house and it was like, a million dollar plus home on the sand in like a gated community and there was a perfect left wedging wave right in front of the community that no one could surf unless you had the code to get into the community and i was like man and i was staying in this house with them for like a week or two it was amazing it's just laughable (laughs) yeah pool it was like a it was like an eight bedroom house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So how often, how many times you've been to Guatemala total, would you say now? I think four times. Yeah. Four yeah. times. Yeah. God, that's cool, man. You got, and so the, 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 the excursion you have coming up in a few weeks. So how many people do you bring down there with you? I keep it limited to 10 people just cause yeah. I don't want to overdo it. I'm yeah. not really uh, doing it to, you know, I don't want to bring 30 people down there and have like a complete shit show. I just yep. want to, I want to bring 10 people down there and they're, they're, I keep it limited. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. And so you'll, you'll kind of split your time between like helping people learn to surf who are pretty new and then helping people who already know how to surf kind of maybe work on, I don't know, getting barreled or doing a cutback or whatever that is yeah exactly yeah so the first trip i did was uh december in december and uh we're going back now in two weeks so we're going may 9th through 16th and the december trip was uh 10 people and every single one was beginner or has surfed with me like anywhere from like five to ten times you know pretty Ooh. pretty novice intermediate um yeah and everyone was out the back and I was either pushing them or they were catching their own waves. They were they were getting like head high waves going down the line. It was it was pretty sick. Yeah. But this this next trip coming up, everyone is advanced. So I'm gonna be surfing a lot more than I am gonna be working. So I'm pretty yeah. stoked <laughs> stoked on that one because everyone yeah. everyone that's coming is more convinced on just the whole good wave less crowd aspect of it, and they're just like friends or friends of friends and they're all like good surfers so that and that's going to be cool so now i can kind of market both and uh i got a filmer coming down with me on this one so we're going to make like a super cool edit of the whole thing so you guys can look out for that and see some of the waves and some of the kind of the lifestyle stuff down there it's a beautiful country 
Yeah, man, that that'll be really cool. And I, I'm guessing too for like your guests who come down with you having, you know, document a do- documentation of their time down there. Them, you know, videoing them surfing, hanging out, having a beer. The whole trip for them is also probably a, a pretty valuable. Like we all like to capture moments when we go on these re- insane trips, you know. And and it's it's really hard to do like water shots and just random picks. It's like usually you taking your own shots and you're not really putting yourself in there so i can imagine like at providing that back to your your guests is a pretty cool thing for them another kind of incentive to kind of go with you on these trips yeah exactly that's part of part of the package deal you know you get to you pay this price and you get like an insane photographer or an insane filmmaker who's coming and they're gonna they're gonna video your waves and then you know as we're having a beer at dinner i'm gonna be like see look you should be doing a cut back there instead of racing down the line Uh, here you know stuff like that yeah. Yeah, Plus, man. That's way cool. I mean, I, I, I spent my entire life in the water and I'm not kidding you. I have like seriously two pictures of me actually surfing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I have like one picture of me diving and spearfishing and like a couple like holding like I mean, I have plenty of pictures of me holding like a salmon or a, you know, a fish I caught on my boat because those are easy. But but it's like, you look back, you're like, God, I really wish I just not to like <laughs> relive glory days, but just like what what did it, what was that like when I was in Costa Rica or you know at Sandy Beach on South Shore Oahu or whatever? And we're going. I'm doing a trip, with some buddies um, to Santa Cruz Island uh, for five days in June, and I'm so stoked because we're going to do that surf, dive, fish, the whole deal. But one of these guys is like an amateur videographer, photographer, and it's like I'm just I'm excited to actually have like some footage of me doing something before you know i disappear from the earth and don't have any <laughs> anything for my kids to look back on or whatever i don't know it's just people like yeah. having shots of yourself doing stuff <laughs> yeah that's rad that sounds like a cool trip and um yeah photos and videos are kind of everywhere nowadays so i think it's almost it's almost like a thing that people expect you know like yeah. if they're going on a trip it's I, I almost think some people travel for the photos nowadays, but yeah. um, that's just what I've seen. Is Instagram and social media is so crazy, you know? Oh, it's insane, and we people are yeah, hooked on it. Yeah, for sure. And and it, there's, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a side offshoot here of our conversation, but it, tying back to your your life as you know, professional surfer and chasing you know the the QS and everything. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but back to the Instagram photo shoot thing, you know, where we are, I have a bunch of friends who are like, you know, they, they surf Mavericks a lot and they've been doing it for a long time and it's getting more challenging for them out there because people will show up out of nowhere, just who don't even, maybe they can surf really good. Maybe they're they're They can handle themselves out there. Maybe not, but regardless, they're there to get that picture. As you mentioned, you know, they want mm-hmm. that shot, which is, you know, and that's okay. That's cool. But it's starting to become a problem where people are putting themselves in positions to get that shot that they might not really be able to handle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I think it's kind of, kind of cool that the time and, you know, I'm probably, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 25. So I'm guessing when you were 25, like you said, no photos, no video. I think you were just living in such a pure moment. You know, I think that's special too. Yeah. So I wouldn't be yeah. too bummed on not having any photos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <huh? laughs> yeah, we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I look at your Instagram and there's pictures of you all over the place getting barreled, doing errors, just all kinds of stuff. And I look at mine, I'm like, 
those are all pictures I pretty much took because <laughs> back in the day there was no social media. But so then yeah. let's let's rewind, man. So here you are. You've developed this really rad lifestyle business of guiding. You're teaching people to surf. You're sharing the stoke, as you mentioned, going on excursions. But man, you you've worked. You put a lot of time into the water, into your own surfing, to get to a point where you've established yourself, you know the water, you know how to surf, and you can share with others. So start back, you know, you grew up in Florida, surfing yeah. at a young age, being competitive. So sort of start back there, man. Where, where in Florida, what were you doing? And kind of take us how you then transitioned out to California out here so, at some point. Yeah, so I was born um, in St. Mary's Hospital in West Palm Beach, and I grew up in a small, small town called Hope Sound, H-O-B-E. Hmm. A lot of people think I say hope when I say that, but it's yeah. Hope. Uh, and it's just a rootsy little South Florida beach town, uh, about 15 minutes north of a town called Jupiter, which is mostly where I surfed, since some yeah. people are familiar with Jupiter. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I started, I, I learned, I think I learned how to surf on a boogie board i was always like skimming and boogie boarding at like age five six but i got my first surfboard on my seventh birthday nice. and uh it just kind of took off from there i think i i just fell in love with it i had a kid at my elementary school i'd see his dad pick him up every day and they would go surf and i kind of like asked him and and then he kind of started picking me up every day after school and taking me to the beach right right before it would get dark and i just was like I, I just was so stoked to be able to surf and go right after school. My my school was like on the other side of the bridge from the beach. So we would just hop in the car and go surf. And then uh, I started getting somewhat good at it uh, in my, I used to do like a kid's surf camp in the summer, you know, and the surf camp guy, he put on a little contest for everyone and for the town of Jupiter and, and he entered me in it and I ended up winning <laughs> So I like did the contest and won my first contest. And I, from there, I was like even more hooked on the idea of not the idea of surfing, but now the idea of being a professional surfer, you know, like that's all yeah. I really wanted to think about and do. I would watch like old VHS movies of McFanning and <laughs> every night before bed. And that's all I wanted was be a professional surfer. And then it just kind of grew into doing more contests i did my second contest we went further up to coco beach which is where kelly slater's from yeah and i was kind of intimidated you know like kelly slater's from here there was kids that were sponsored like full blown like little prodigy kids and uh, i won that contest and i was like holy cow <laughs> this is like this is my thing you know i'm it was like yeah. i was like i'm doing this and then uh it just kind of led to surfing all up and down the East Coast from that point, doing like the uh, ESA, which is the Eastern Surfing Association, and then mm -hmm. the NSSA, which yep. is the National Scholastic one, which you come out for nationals in California for that one. Um, spending a lot of time every every year in Cape Hatteras, which is in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. That's a cool spot. They do the Eastern uh, ESA Surf Championships there. And just, man, so many good memories from that just because i learned how to surf and that kind of led to getting sponsored and doing just keep going up you know i did the pro juniors uh, i traveled i had sponsors and then i did some qs events and then that's actually when i lost my my income from the uh, endorsement and that's kind of when i started teaching surf lessons in laguna for another company and then that led to me working for a guy who didn't even really surf, you know? And I was like, yeah. 
uh, this is kind of weird. You know, after like six years of that, I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to do, do my own thing. I think I have something, I have all this knowledge and history that I can share with people. Right. And, and that's what led to where everything is today. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. It's a total like evolution, you know, of you personally and professionally surfing and then moving out of that into just still being in the water, finding a way to keep your toes in it and make a, make some money while doing it. You know, that's, that's yeah. a cool story. So then, you know, if you stick with like, as a Grom, you know, you, 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 you found, you found your kind of calling and surfing, you got really excited about it. And then, at what point did you kind of make that move out to California? Like, was it was the surf like you, you, as you as you pursued the QS? Is that when you like officially moved out to California to be more closer to like the kind of the, the epicenter of all the surfing stuff? Or how'd that go? Yeah, pretty much. I moved out to California when I was sixteen, so I was still doing wow. a lot of the pro junior stuff at that time. And it was a, I would say it was a fifty fifty move on um, due to surfing, and then also my my dad had a off a job offer that that he was able to take okay he, my little brother was doing the same thing he was he was he's a really good surfer to this day um and but he he's not super into it as much anymore but he was competing heavily as well and my dad kind of looked at us one day and was like hey do you guys want to go to california we don't have to but but i can we can and huh. we we kind of me and my brother looked at each other and we're like are you serious <laughs> and he was like yeah and we were like yeah we want to go and this is like you're sitting in Florida, and sometimes you don't see a breaking wave for three, <laughs> for three months. <laughs> and he was asking us if we wanted to go to California in like June, where it's like summer, yeah. the weight right. lowers. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I can go to lowers and surf with all the kids that I compete against and see the level. And it was just like, yeah, we want to go. <laughs> wow. So, so we went for it. Dude, so how was that? I mean, you're 16, you have some experience out here. And then you land, you plant yourself. I mean, how did it like, did that elevate your game a little bit? Just being so much more immersed in all of that, that, that level of, of surfing and just the availability of waves. Like how, did that just, how was that? Oh, it was, it was definitely a surf all day kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like what I noticed it, and I'm pro I'm definitely one of those people now is like, we kind of talked on this earlier is, Californians take everything for granted. You know, yeah. if you're yep. if you're a 16 year old frothing little blonde haired kid, and you come get off the plane and you step in in Orange County, and you're like you have like Huntington Pier and lowers and uppers and all these waves, I was just surfing all day. Yeah. You know, and my friends that I already had a couple friends out here, they're like, "Why are you going surfing right now? It's windy." I was like, "This isn't wind." <laughs> <laughs> in Florida, when it's windy, you drift like three miles. I'm like, "I'm not even." There's not even any current. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was definitely stoked to be here and surfing with my little brother every day. And then we went to high school here, and they had a surf team, and we we're like, "Whoa, there's a surf team. We get to surf for a class." <laughs> uh, yeah. And so that was that was such a cool experience. Yeah, as that's well. cool, man. And so part of that, then, is you kind of continued, you'd also spent some time in Europe. So talk about that. Yeah, so uh, when I was 19 years old, I, I met uh, my wife. So we didn't get married when I was 19, but that's when I met her. And uh, <laughs> she was studying here as an exchange student. And then that's kind of what brought my interest in the surfing in Europe. So I, like I said, I spent a good bit of time surfing in Scandinavia. So I've surfed in Sweden, which is crazy. 
Denmark, Baltic Sea, North Sea, super cold. And I, I compare it as it's like surfing in Florida, but in a five mil. Really? <laughs> yeah, the waves are powered by wind. There's no right. such thing as ground swell. Um, <laughs> and it's just freezing, freezing, freezing. cold. Yeah. Oh. Man. So how, how was that? I mean, a kid from Florida who then transplanted to Southern Cal. So it's like really warm water to warm water. And then yeah. like you, you, at some point, man, you threw on a hooded suit, five mil gloves and jumped in like whatever, probably 40 degree water or something. So what yeah. was that first super cold surf you had? Um, the first super cold surf was in a November and probably 2015. And, uh, Honestly, at that point, you know, I was starting to become that um, kind of jaded California guy who didn't yeah. want to surf when it was windy and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. Surfing in Denmark and meeting these guys out there that were so dedicated to this one foot wind chop, uh, <laughs> it kind of like I, I kind of started to to feel like such a purity in surfing again, you know, uh -huh. because like I would get so amped to throw on this cold, wet five mil and paddle out and this horrible surf and it's freezing cold but it was so like it was so pure you know because you're yeah. with like two or three friends that stoke level is so high we're like screaming right. as we're running into these waves because you're yeah so much more goes into it you know there's waves every day in california you can yep from where i'm at i could probably drive if i had to like 15 to 20 minutes and surf 365 days of the year yeah yeah um but there, it was like we were waiting a week for the wind to come up, and then we'd wait three days for the wind to die, and we'd be watching these charts, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be three foot tomorrow, right here at this corner of this uh, island, yeah. island of Denmark. And we would take the, I would wake up early, I'd take the train with my board bag, I'd get the train to their house, I'd hop in their car, I'd strap the boards on the roof, drive 20 minutes to two hours, wherever we were going, and it was just like, it was so pure. It's wow. something I'll never forget. Yeah, Even though, sure. and it was the worst waves I've ever paddled out into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, again, like we do take so much for granted being where we are with the amount of surf and just general water activities. And to see people like that who 365 days a year, they got to take what they can get and they can get then they got to work for it, too. You know, it, it that that's a cool perspective to have and a, a neat experience to, to have and remind you of like how lucky we really are. Yeah, you know? yeah I think the the forecasting part and all the kind of waiting and stuff really adds like a huge effect to it. You know, it's like, it's kind of cool to, to, to like do your own forecasting and checking the winds and the angles and stuff and, and be waiting like weeks for it and doing that every day versus yeah. like, here, I just open up my phone right when I lift my head off the pillow, <laughs> check surf line. It says three to four and good. And I got a live cam and it'll be like gray and crowded Dude. and I'll be like, eh, I'll go back to bed. That's <laughs> you right. know? Oh, no. It's so bad. We're so spoiled now. I mean, it used to be like you'd read the buoys and look at the tide and wind and you can kind of like, you know, your your hand, your kind of go-to spots. You can make a judgment call. Then suddenly that changed into like, you know, forecasting and it'll tell you how big the surf's going to be. And then that evolved in, like you mentioned, into a cam. And I'm so, I'm like, I can run my bike to the lane in like four or five minutes. I'm that close, right? That's wow. like two miles. But what do I do? <laughs> I just pull the camera up and then I take a take a quick read. And if it looks like, you know, I'll make a call. Should I go down there or should I wait? You know, it's like versus just showing up and then actually getting off my ass and going <laughs> take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Get spoiled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So how about you mentioned like as you're in Europe, when we, you send me some stuff, you're kind of just keep living out of vans and stuff, kind of creeping around. So how, what was Oh, that? yeah. So that was kind of a, a separate trip from the whole Denmark trip. Um, when my, my younger brother graduated high school, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. You know, like most people when they graduate high school. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was like i don't know if i want to go to college i don't know if i want to go get a job I, I don't know i was like let's just go travel the world for for like a couple months he's like serious and i was like yeah i think i think it's a perfect idea so we started in indo and we didn't really know where we were going to go we thought we were going to go australia and then I, for some reason i applied for the permit and it was like pending processing for like three weeks so i just gave up on it we found a we found a ticket for like three hundred dollars from from Bali to um, England, and then we bought a we wow. bought a camp we bought a camper van in England, and the reason why we cool. did that is because one it was our friend's van that he had been doing the same kind of trip in driving around Europe, but also because if if you're ever going to buy a, a van in Europe and drive around, um, we've been told that it's good to buy it in England because everyone speaks English. You know, it's really hard to to buy a van in France or Spain unless you know Spanish or French. Yep. Yeah. Um, but when you do get an English van, the steering wheel's on the other side once you cross back <laughs> to the to the mainland. So we bought this like 1979 camper van, and we drove it from England all the way down to Portugal. And then I uh, dropped my brother off at that uh, Portugal airport, and then I ended up driving it back to sell it. And uh, yeah, we scored so many good waves. France like surfed. Hazegor, which was kind of a dream because that used to be a, a stop on the world tour back when the yeah. world tour was the ASP. And then um, I got to surf, we got to surf uh, Mendaka, oh, which wow. was a dream wave of mine because I forget what movie it was, but Andy Irons had like a crazy section of him surfing Mendaka. Um, and it was just like, I just yeah. love Andy. AI style and how he kind of just like butt dragged and just like slid through this Mendaka barrel. And I remember oh, it was just man. like, that's all I wanted to do when yeah. I got to Mendaka is just like <laughs> slow down, stick my butt in the wave and just stall like Andy Irons. <sighs> I definitely didn't look anything like Andy Irons, <laughs> but <laughs> I, in my, in my mind, maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. such a good that's wave. All that matters. <laughs> yeah. Such a good wave. And there's, and then there's so many waves that aren't uh, like, top name waves you know like just yeah. little coves that you stumble upon and little Jeez. wedges and just little points so fun and then portugal an too has great waves yeah what an epic trip so start to finish how long were you guys out there road tripping i think we were gone for like three or four months total yeah yeah and that was like through the whole tour whole tour like um indo and europe right Nice, nice. So then you got that done, you came back, and then at some point, too, you, you mentioned so you're working for somebody who running the um, doing surf lessons and for a good six years and then decided to kind of – you wanted to do something on your own. Um, but you also mentioned that to save up some money, you kind of – you went super – on the super cheap. To, you know, you were yeah. working at a surfboard company and living in your truck. So <laughs> how yeah. about those days? <laughs> so after that, uh, after that trip – you know, I'm, that's when in between that trip and there's when I made a couple of visits to Denmark. And uh, that's when I started working on my, my, my new goal, which was California surf experience. Yeah. And, uh, I have a friend down in Carlsbad. He has a company called surfboard broker 
Mm-hmm. Um, you might have heard of them. They're super popular on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what he does is he he kind of gets like he'll, he works with shapers and he gets all these team trade in boards, you know. So he'll get like some. I'll use Nat Young for example because you're from Santa Cruz. Yeah. He'll get some of Nat Young's boards from like Channel Islands, and then he'll get some of like Kanoa Igarashi's boards from Sharp Eye. Um, vice versa, Brett Simpson from Tim Stamps. And he has all these crazy cool boards that, you know, the average person can't really get a hold of. Um, and he sells them just off his Instagram and he yeah. kills it. He, he absolutely kills it. And he's a good guy. And he's, he sponsored me and he gives me kind of like a little trade in deal where I get, get to grab a board whenever I want. Right now I'm actually looking at one. It's, it's a, it's a custom board for Bobby Martinez. I'm sure yeah, some cool. of you guys know Bobby. He's yeah. He was he definitely kind of dropped the mic, I guess you could say, when he took off from professional surfing. But uh, his board's insane, and I'm riding it. And so I started working for for this guy Alex over at Surfboard Broker one winter, and that was like, okay, I'm gonna live in the back of my truck, and I'm gonna work for Surfboard Broker for uh, I think it was like the whole winter, like three months, and I'm gonna save every penny, and then I'm gonna use that to pay for my insurance, my boards, my permits, everything like that, and, and launch California Surf Experience in the spring. And cool. I, pulled, I pulled it off, and it was it was super cool experience, just yeah. like saving and, and working towards that little dream of yeah. mine, you know, just to have, to start with like eight surfboards, and then I bought this this old van. It's, a, it's actually also a 1979, which was the same year as the camper van in Europe, and it's <laughs> yeah. like a dodge shorty van yeah and i just kind of wanted that i don't know if you've seen it but uh you, there might be a picture of it or two on my instagram uh california surf experience but it's this kind of rootsy weird little old it looks like a scooby-doo van yeah and so i saw I bought, that thing it's it's <laughs> sick man yeah so i bought that thing as like my mobile surf lesson van slash storage unit you yeah. know so <laughs> i i use that and that was part of the business startup is this cool van. And then I, Laguna, where I live, is like kind of an artist town. Like it started as that. So I was like, I want to get my van hand painted. You know, I want it to kind of be an icon of the city and almost cool. like a little mobile artwork versus um, getting it wrapped and making yeah. it look like super good. Right. And it was kind of part of my business plan, you know, like have this rootsy little surf artist van in this artist town, you know. And so now it's like, it's almost famous. Like I see people all the time <laughs> taking pictures in my van. Oh, great. Not even when I'm around it, you know, they'll just yeah. take a picture of it <laughs> just because it looks so funny. It has like a bubble window and it has boards sticking out of it. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. That's rad. Now the pictures of it are, are cool. And uh, it's just neat to kind of, like you said, I like the idea of kind of being a, a local icon, not to like be all flashy and showy, but just kind of fit in with like the, because there's a ton of history where you're at that whole strip i mean that's like a big part of california surfing history to have something that's you know kind of down home roots like your van you know that the things the thing just looks like it's fun to drive around and everything yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't really move that much actually <laughs> i drive it like two blocks from my house to the beach and then that's where that's where my clients meet me and we unload put the wetsuits on and then hit the water and start surfing yeah rad man now how about also so ton of surfing and stuff but i'll be checking you out too on instagram and you know you've been 
heavily involved with jujitsu. Looks like also for for quite some time. So how talk about that? How that fits into just your general I don't know fitness and lifestyle and just you know uh, even how it folds into surfing. Um, yeah, jujitsu is like my new passion, um, and surfing is always my passion. But this is like more of a hobby, mm-hmm. jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing it for almost two years now, like a year and a half, actually. And it's it ties into surfing so well. Like, I can't – it's almost one of those things that's hard to describe, but the balance with surfing and jiu-jitsu is so nice. And, yeah. you know, like, guys like Joel Tudor, he's he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And you can yeah. – I've heard him say that many times as well, and I never understood it. But, like, I'll surf and teach lessons all day, and then at, like, 5.30 every day I go to jiu-jitsu. And it, wow. it kind of really balances it out. But one thing that I noticed with – um jiu-jitsu is it's made my teaching better as a as a teacher because you know i learn every day from a professor and then when i'm teaching surfing essentially i am that professor you yeah. know yeah so and i'm i'm new to the sport i'm not i'm not a black belt or anything crazy i've only been doing it for a year and a half so it it allows me to be a beginner again yeah at something you know and so that allows me to to kind of help my beginner students because I understand them better. I understand their struggles, you know, and a lot of, a lot of jujitsu is like not giving up, accepting that you're going to get your butt kicked, you know, (laughs) and it's kind of like a beginner who's got an eight foot, nine foot soft board and they're paddling out through the surf on a four foot day and they're just, they can't get out. They're just getting smashed, you know, that's like me wrestling like a 200 pound black belt or like (laughs) a purple belt they're just smashing me and I'm pinned and I can't move and it sucks, you know? So it's like, I totally, it's totally like made a huge, like positive effect into my teaching strategies and just like understanding what it's like to learn something again and not, and not be good at it, (laughs) you know, but I'm starting to get good. I've done like the past, like two months. I, I just, I had like such a huge fear of competing in jujitsu and Uh I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do three tournaments in a month. Cause it was like, I don't know. Whenever I'm scared of something, I like to just try to like, try to get it out of the way. That yeah. way I don't look back on it and just be like, yeah. I wish I did that. And so I did, I did four tournaments. Actually, I did, I made the podium three times. Cool. So that was like, that was kind of game changing for me. <laughs> and I, I put a lot of time into it and, and trained yeah. really, really hard actually. So it was, it was, uh, it felt very rewarding. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, man. And like jujitsu is one of those sports that are like very complimentary to surfing, not because I mean, it's a totally different type of sport, you know, grappling, yeah. you know, but but uh, here in Santa Cruz, there's a ton of people who are into jujitsu for surf. I know and like in Hawaii, it's the same more kickboxing, too. But it's interesting, like you said, how it it's very much a complimentary kind of um, sport to surfing. And one thing, too, when I used to do it before I got well, I'm not gonna make an excuse why I stopped doing it, but <laughs> for a while, <laughs> I noticed that um, it's it kind of just it it works these strange muscles that you don't even know exist in your body until like the day after, and you're all sore. Yeah. But yeah, when those things get stronger, you feel yourself stronger, like surfing, like your legs, your balance, your back, your neck, all those different things, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of like I think physical bonuses that helps surfing helps just being in the water that you get from rolling around on the mat and jujitsu. Yeah, it definitely surfing helps your jujitsu and jujitsu helps your surfing. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like I was talking to a friend the other day. He he's he trains with me and he's a purple belt. And we were talking about the sprawl. Uh, mm. Some of you, I don't know if you know what what sprawling is, but if someone if you were in like an actual combat fight and someone went to like take you down like a wrestler and like yeah. take your legs, you can kind of like sprawl out and kind of like lay flat yep. and and block that um, from happening. And what I was thinking, what's so funny is like you know on your last wave that you surfed and you know you're going in you tell your buddies all right one more you ride a wave in and you maybe do a turn and you're riding straight in the white water and as soon as you are <sighs> hopping down to your stomach yeah. to 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 finish your to get to the beach you're sprawling right, essentially right. you know and some people <laughs> don't think of that it's like like he's he told me he's like you have a pretty good sprawl and i was like thinking about it for a day i was like i do I have, okay i have a pretty good sprawl thank you <laughs> you know and i was like <laughs> i started thinking about it and i was like holy cow i sprawl like every day that i surf yeah. i'm just hopping down from my feet to my stomach and i'm putting my hands down and grabbing my rails and riding my board in on my right. stomach and it's yeah. like it's such a thing that it's it's so connected and, you, and some people i don't even know how i thought of that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> oh, it makes tons of sense. And you've been doing the sprawl on your board for years and years and years, you know, so you're like, yeah, yeah I guess I can kind of like used to doing it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense how to do it on the mat as well. <laughs> yeah, it's super, super funny. <laughs> so then Ryan, so you got a, you got a cool looking trip coming up to Guatemala with one of your excursions in just a couple of weeks. Now, what else, any other big things that you're looking forward to sort of through this year? Um, after that, it's, it's just like hammer time basically in Laguna. I got it just every day, summer flurry. And, um, basically my, my goal for every summer is just work as much as I can work as hard as I can. Um, because it's three months really of, of solid work. So I just got to kind of stay here and, and work my butt off. And then once after Labor Day weekend comes around, uh, the tourism here kind of dies and that's when I normally plan a trip or cool. spend some like good quality time with my wife. Maybe we'll go somewhere. Last, last time, last year we went to, uh, the Philippines and Indo. Oh, cool. And, um, so yeah, it's just basically do that trip, come back and then hustle, work yep. hard. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, a lot of cool stuff, man, and appreciate you sharing with us today. Uh, I really I admire you for doing, I think, what a lot of people claim to want to do, but actually you did it, which is you had an idea, you had, you needed to just tighten up your belt, save your money, and then actually make, you know, build this business you've got, you know, it probably would have been easy to get distracted and just go get a job doing something else. But you have you followed your passion and plan, man, which um, I really admire you for, dude. So n- nicely yeah, done. Thank you. <laughs> that it's was hard a, to it do. A, it is. But I, I truly believe that if you have a dream uh, and you just work at it, you'll get there. Like yeah. I, I have a friend from Florida. He just, for example, he just came out here to visit me and I, and he really likes it out here. And so I let him, let him stay at my house and, and he's got this dream to be an artist and he's yeah. like never been to art school or anything like that. And he just has this book and he does watercolors all day. And I'm like, dude, just keep doing watercolors. Just keep doing yeah. it. He'll do like 20 a day and he's getting so much better like overnight. And I guarantee one day he's going to, he's going to be like a famous artist. Cause it's, yeah. he's not giving up on it. Right, uh, and right. That's just an example. Never give up on your dreams. I, I truly believe in that whether it's surfing, you want to be a pro surfer or channel that into teaching surfing or doing watercolors or 
yeah. whatever, whatever it may be, making podcasts, you know, if that's your dream, Josh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, you're, you're already doing it, but I'm sure you'll just get <laughs> more and more listeners by the day. Cause you're, yeah, yeah man, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. That, I, I, I agree with that, man. It's uh, the, there's so many distractions flying around the world these days and just with everything. And it's, it's, it's unique, I, I'd say. And to, to, and that's one of the, actually what's cool about what I get to do is talk to folks like you. And I'm so fortunate to have folks like you who are doing rad stuff, pursuing a passion who want to share. And it's been so kind of inspirational to me to have so many different people who all over the world who are like, I just decided this is what I'm going to do. And I did it. And I worked through all these challenges and hardships, mm-hmm. et cetera, and failed and succeeded and failed and then built it. And here we are, you know, because um, it is, it's so distracting with so much going on in the world. And like, you're just pulled in so many different directions, especially where I shouldn't say, especially, but like, I imagine like Southern California, you could go in like 50 different ways around surfing. You could be a rep, you could work, you know, you could do all these different things, but you chose to just follow what made sense for you, man. That's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Teaching yeah. surfing is super rewarding for me. And I get to, my office is, is in the ocean. So that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whether I was a kid saying I wanted to be a professional surfer or just being a surfer saying I wanted to surf the the whole rest of my life, then, then that's what I get to do. I, I'm in the water every day yeah. surfing and teaching yeah. people. So nice. it's definitely cool. <laughs> awesome. Nicely done, man. Well, hey, really appreciate your time today, Ryan, and for sharing with us and everything. And uh, have a great trip to Guatemala and uh, be looking for, you know, that the uh, sort of that little the video you put together around that experience and everything. And love to check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll email it to you. And uh, maybe soon I'll come up and surf, surf with you up in Santa Cruz. Great. I man. definitely am due for a trip up there. I Dude, like that yeah. area. Anytime, man. You got boards, place to stay, you name it. So anytime you're you're come through here, just let me know. Stoked. I'll take I'll take advantage of that. Don't worry. <laughs> cool. All right. All right, Ryan. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, no worries, Josh. Have a great day. All right. Cheers. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please, you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate, you know, spreading the word. Uh, give us a nice little rating on the uh your podcast app, and uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, Josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.